Hi, this is Pastor Wilson with Renew Church OC. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We're entering into the Advent season through the book of Luke as we see the birth of Jesus and his childhood years. We're really excited to share that with you and hope that this season will be enveloped by remembering Jesus coming to be with us. We'd also want to invite you to partner with us financially. We have a few missionaries that you can find on our website that have really blessed our church by doing college ministry. And also we have seminarians that we want to invite our listeners to support as well. We're starting a church residency program, praying to uh, see God raise up the next generation of pastors at Renew Church. You can find all that information at the description section. Enjoy the podcast. Um, good to see everyone. Happy New Year. Really excited that you could spend this time with us. You're sober enough to come out to church on Sunday. Good job. Good job. Everyone, no one slept at 4 a.m. Or if you did, you still made it out. You know, one of my favorite things about 2023 is being able to see further than I have over the last few years. If you remember 2020, man, it was a tough year to get any vision. I felt like we were all in the dark, blinded by COVID. I remember saying goodbye to you for the two-week quarantine. I was like, see you guys in El Dorado in two weeks for Easter. And of course, we were shut down for the next year. And over that year, it was like we we were walking with our eyes closed, trying to navigate life trying to find toilet paper, trying to uh, see if our job is still there. It was, it was a really difficult year. Airports were, were totally desolate. We were locked in our homes. Soup plantation had passed away. You know, it was a, you remember? It was tough. It was a tough year. And then finally, about a year and a half ago, we reopened the church, and we were just trying to get our bearings, trying to be comfortable sitting next to someone, or going out for, to the restaurant, or going to the theater, and um, there was still so much fear. Even now, it's, it's, it's still us adjusting to this new life post-COVID. But I think this is gonna be my favorite year after COVID, and, um, and as I'm looking forward, I'm thinking about how God had always given us vision in our personal life and in our community. He actually says in the Proverbs that without vision, people perish. And I think there was almost a withering away of our lives over the last two years because of that lack of vision. And today I'm thinking about, before we move into our church vision, God's vision for your life. You know, Paul says that he has planned ahead the good works for us to accomplish. And I think about the Old Testament where God sits with people, showing them the good works that was ahead of them, that he time travels with them, that he gives them a picture of the future. Like Abraham on Mount Moriah, he stands with him. The land is barren. There's no one there. But he says, one day, this land will be filled with your descendants, as vast as the sand in the sea. This valley here will, be, will, will have roads going through it. This mountain will have a great city. He gives Abraham a vision of the future. He dreams with Joseph and says that one day your brothers will bow before you. He helps them see the future of Egypt. And then he stands with his disciples after the resurrection and tells them a vision of the future. That the gospel will go from Judea to Jerusalem, 
Jerusalem, Judea, to the ends of the earth. That people thousands of years later will sit in Brea, California, worshiping me. One of the most important things we can do in our life, in the life of our family, in the organizations that we lead, is to sit with Jesus and ask him, what is the vision, what is the future that you have for me? That as we surrender our lives to him, as we put our days in front of him, we gain a, view, a vision for our family, our marriage. We get a vision for our children beyond what we've planned for them. But asking God, what is the blueprint for your life, for their life, that we could walk them into? A vision for our community. And so my challenge for us, again, it's been a while for us in terms of looking into the future. But even today, for us to stop a little bit and to maybe reclaim some of the visions and dreams that God had given us in the past or to sit with him for vision and dreams for the future, my question as we move into our group discussion is, what vision has God given you for your future as you look into the new year? And so we love and value our time to turn around and spend um, some of our service talking to each other, sharing stories, and getting to know one another. So would you break off into groups of two to four with the people around you? Answer this question. I'll come back in five minutes, and we'll talk about some of the vision and values of Renew Church going into this year. Here's our vision for Renew Church. It says, we exist to be God's family, empowered by the Spirit, to join Jesus' mission in renewing the world. And so there's three components here, and there are core values. And when I think about our church, it's not, I don't think I measure success by how big we are or how many members we hit or even some type of structural, you know, building. But I want to be a leader who cultivates culture, that we have a certain culture of renew. And whether we're small or big, if, we're, if we are a family, if we're leaning on the spirit, and if we're about Jesus' mission, then, then we're doing well. We're fulfilling our vision. It's not size dependent. And I think that's some of the best ways that myself, our staff, and our elders have led. That's some of the feedback I've gotten from you who are newer to our church. When I ask you why you chose Renew or what brought you here, it's m many times I hear about the culture. I hear about the way that people present themselves um, authentically or the way that we are, there's friendships here that are extending themselves and a warmth. And I, I love the culture that we've built as a church. And I think about vision as how do we deepen that culture and uh, what does the next five to 10 years look like? So our next slide, this is our crown. And it, it, it embodies a lot of the, the vision that we have for Renew. So the crown reminds us of Jesus sitting on the throne on, on Mount Moriah and him saying, behold, I am making all things new. That there's a completion when he sits on the throne, but there's also a process that he's calling us to participate in. And that's the vision that we have as we uh, come together as a church. And then there's a transparency about the crown, the symbol in the next slide. Speaking about the way we hope to exist as a community, that we want to be transparent with one another. And also speaking about the way we want to govern the church. Uh, we want to be very forward with the different crossroads we face as a leadership. We want to present a voting opportunities for our members to help direct our church and affirm God's leading. We have open books for our members so you can see all of our income and expenses. We want to be transparent. And secondly, in the middle of the crown, in the three triangles, 
that represents God's family. So that middle portion is that, is that value of being God's family. The second portion is about Jesus' mission. On the left side of the crown, that's what this triangle represents. The last part of the crown is on um, the third part of our values being empowered by the Spirit. So we're going to spend time on all three of those, God's family, Jesus' mission, uh, being empowered by the Spirit. And then the circle around the crown is about continuous legacy. And that's how we're going to close out our sermon today. What is the next five to 10 years look like, God willing. What is the legacy that we hope to leave in the life of this church? Okay, the first value is a family of God. And this is driven by John chapter 13, verse 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That our core value as a church is that we are a family that loves each other. And that eliminates other philosophies of why we go to church or what church is. We don't want church to be like going to AMC or a concert or a theater. We don't want it to just be about a show on Sunday because that's not loving each other. Loving each other isn't sitting with someone for years at a time but not knowing their first name because you guys, because we're stage focused. We want to cultivate and create spaces for us to love the people in our community, for us to care for them deeply, for us to know them and to be known and loved by them. Yeah, I grew up at an immigrant church. I don't know if any of you guys grew up at a church um, that were immigrant, gathered immigrants, whether it's Hispanic, Latino, Asian American. But there's something really special about an immigrant church because my family, like many um, of the families at the church I grew up with, they were totally detached from their mother, brother, you know, sister, their friends as they moved to the U.S., my mom and dad were just parachuted, right, into Texas, into California with no one around them. And so when they formed the church I grew up in, in Hacienda Heights, it was all these people disconnected from their family of origin, forming a new community and a new family. And I remember going to a kitchen and calling all the women aunties as they made meals for 100 people. They had these huge rice makers like as big as I couldn't hug it right they were so big and they would just serve for a hundred people rice and an egg and and brazen beef and they were my aunties they fed me my uncles would you know always comment about how tall I was ask me about my grades they would scold me as I'm running down the hall that's when you know your family when you're getting yelled at by someone at your church the grandmas would give me hugs they would always look um they almost adopted us as grandchildren that immigrant church informs how we want to live as family at Renew. That we're more than Sunday friends. We're more than attendees, but we're family. One of the sweetest, I had a lot of sweet friendships that came out of that time. But one of my groomsmen, his name's Caleb. We grew up together. Some of my first friends were formed at that church. I felt really lonely at school growing up. But at church, I, I had a home and I had brothers. And so Caleb and I, we'd always uh, hang out after church with everyone else. But he grew up in a wealthier family. I grew up in a family that struggled financially sometimes. So we'd be standing at the box office at AMC. Everyone else is buying tickets. I'm like, oh, I think I'm just going to walk the mall. I don't really want to watch that movie because I couldn't afford it. Or we go out to eat, and everyone's ordering food. I'm like, hey, I'm going to eat at home. I just order water. Or I go to um, Burger King next door. And Caleb started noticing that. And beyond being a friend, he was family with me. 
And so I remember when we went to the movie theater, he would just quietly buy two tickets. As I'm walking away from the box office, he's like, hey, Wilson, I got you one. As we were sitting down for a food and I'm ordering water, he would quietly order my favorite meal. And when it came, he's like, oh, that's Wilson's. No one would know. No one would notice, but he became a brother to me. He wasn't just someone I sat next to at church. He cared about me. Uh, a couple of months ago, Nina, she bore me my first daughter. It was her birthday. We celebrated our tenure. I'm like, I'm going to buy you an Apple Watch, you know? She's at the Apple store. She's, the worker's like, what do you want to experience from your Apple Watch? She's like, time? <laughs> you know, she has no idea what it does. Um, and I called Caleb. He works for the Apple store. I was like, hey, Caleb, can you grab me a discount? He's a manager for, for uh, that company. And then he texts me later. He's and I'm like, how do I pay you? Do you want me to Venmo you? He's like, I'm just going to pay for it, you know? And I'm just used to, like, getting stuff from him. So I give Nina her Apple Watch. I'm like, happy anniversary from Caleb. You know, please text him. Thank you. Um, but those are the relationships I hope you guys get to build at this church, that sense of family, of brotherhood and sisterhood. And how is, so how is this experienced at our church? I hope that our Sunday breakouts are a sample of that experience. And there's times where we just have fun, talk about, talk about whatever's on, on the screen, share our weeks with each other. But there are many moments on Sundays where because we're coming together and presenting something authentic in front of each other, that in those five minutes, like even at children's ministry today, someone teared up because they were sharing something significant. I remember at the gym, I was sitting with a group and one person's mom was going through cancer. The other person's uh, grandma passed away who was like a relational hub of their family. And we just, we just cried together. And I think all of us, if we come here long enough and we present ourselves to each other, have those moments of real connection with each other as we pray for each other, as we share questions, sometimes some of them are like really sad, like when was the last time you cried or, you know, when, was, when did someone break your heart, who hurt you, right? Like those questions uh, are opening up our service at times. And then our community groups are extension of that. I hope that you'll be with your community group for years. And so many of our groups have done life together uh, for many years. Like our group this last year, we saw three of our women get pregnant, including my wife. And by God's grace, we had a baby in October, November, and December, which means when we start a small group next year, it's just going to be diapers and poo everywhere, right? <laughs> Cry, like crying, interrupting our prayer requests. But it's amazing to uh, text each other, to share baby clothes, and to do that part of life together. One of our members went to the hospital, um, and every morning while he was there, I would show up with coffee and just hang out with him. And many members visited him in our small group. We, our text chat was blowing up with prayer requests. I think about Ben and Liz, how they've been phenomenal leaders at our church, but they've also adopted college students in as family, right? They hang out with Maven. And over last summer, two of our college students, um, they, were, they were stuck because they were, they were on summer break, but they couldn't go back to China. That's where they're from because China was on lockdown. And they were like, man, if we go back, we won't be able to make it out. So Ben and Liz opened their house for a whole summer, and they lived with them. They had no cars. Ben and Liz drove them around. They ate out of their fridge, and they basically were there. They adopted them as parents for three months. Um, and so when I think about them as leaders, it's not just organizational and structural. 
It's them saying, you're my older brother, you're my younger sister in Christ, and I want to care for you. It's so easy to come to church and be like, who else is 28, enjoys hot hiking and loves ramen. Like, I want to be friends with that person, right? What other family has a fourth grade girl that likes to bead, you know? We come in wanting to have a social club. But what does it look like to look up and say, I have older brothers in the faith that I can learn from? What does it look like to look down at a life stage and say, these are younger brothers and sisters that I can care for and be a family that way? And that's really where we want to go in the next slide. We want to develop cross-generational relationships more intentionally, create those spaces, right? So we just launched our women's ministry with Sarah Edgard, and if you want to come around her, they're trying to do events every quarter. And last event, we did a cookie-making, uh, not we, but they, I wanted to go. They said no. <laughs> they did a cookie-making like night where Nina brought home like 50 homemade cookies and I gained weight, and, um, and there was just a special time of the women coming together across life stages to share life. And I hope that out of these spaces, we can find mentors, older brothers, younger brothers in Christ to invest in. We're doing an all-church retreat in June. I'm really excited about it. I'll share more about it next, next Sunday. It's so hard to find a retreat space for families, but I think I found the perfect one off the cliffs of San Diego with apartment-style living. Um, and I hope that, again, we'll experience family through our all-church retreat. But we also want to experience family where we can present the things that we're struggling with, the things that are, are, that are plaguing our marriages or robbing us in, in joy with the Lord. I think about going to a doctor's office and, um, you know, if the doctor came in, they're like, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, I'm perfectly healthy. You know, I'm doing great. And he examines my knee, and I have arthritis. You know, he takes uh, a, a sample. He listens to my lung, and I'm going through bronchitis. It's like, why didn't you ex tell me that you can't walk and you can't breathe? And I'm like, oh, I just wanted you to think that I'm great. That's not how we go to doctors, right? We go in, we strip down, and we tell them what, where we're sick, what, what's wrong, how we need healing. I wonder when we go to church, do we pretend everything's okay? Or do we find spaces where we can share what is plaguing our spiritual life and where we need help? I love that we've broached the topic of uh, sexual um, addiction over and over again at our church because I think it's something that plagues many of us. We, I got to see our college ministry lead the way in building out accountability groups. And over this year, I'm hoping to be more intentional as a staff team, building out that space for our young adults and our families, and, and that we could be a, a group, a community that really works to free ourselves from sexual addiction. We started up a divorce min, uh, care ministry that I'm really excited about. Roy and Jen are putting a curriculum together and gonna be doing weekly meetings. So if there's someone in your life or if you've gone through divorce or separation, that's a great group to be a part of. Rebecca Deball started a care ministry, and so many people are coming alongside of her saying, I want to care for people at our church that are going through um, illness or that, that have just given birth or that want to um, experience some type of support. And so that's been really exciting. Uh, I got a Facebook thread together with the MFTs, the therapists of our church. We got like 12 of them. 
And I love therapists. My dream is to gather them in a room and just be like, we're here because I would like to dump all my trauma and get like therapy times 12, right? But just again, praying, man, that's really special that our small church has 12 therapists that we're in a, a mental health crisis over COVID and praying about how they can help speak into some of the things we're doing, um, wanting health and family at our church. All right, the second uh, core value we have is empowered by the spirit. But few things are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. This is a huge part of our church that we want you to love and sit in front of Jesus. We want the most important thing for you to do, the one thing you do day after day is to be with Jesus and to fall in love with him, to enjoy his presence, to present yourself to him and to love him presenting himself to you. And we're trying to cultivate space for us to do that. Every day we do a daily devotional on the last slide. That's what Ellie was talking about today. And man, this is, I think, a cornerstone of our church, getting together around scripture and hearing each other's thoughts, hearing from our staff team, hearing from people from different life stages, your insights into God's word. Every day we come together and do this. And sometimes we have 10 to 12 contributions from our members around God's word. And so today we're starting up the book of Exodus. And it's, again, one of the most important things you can do is to build that rhythm of being with Jesus every day into your spiritual life. I think so many people tell me, man, I'm stuck. I, I feel like my spiritual life is dry. And, and I, I, I think you have to do this or you're not going to grow. It's, it's imperative that you're with Jesus every day in his word. Or you could expect to not grow as a Christian. You know, when I think about my vision for 2023, it's basically super shallow. I want to drop 15 pounds, you know? I don't know, I don't know if that's the first thing that came to mind to you and then you had to think of something better to share with the person next to you, but I just want to lose weight, right? I remember one day I played beach volleyball, I extended my intermittent fasting to 2 p.m., you know, I counted calories and the next morning I got on a scale, I was super excited, but I gained two pounds, right? And have you ever felt that way? Like you did everything right for a day, but you gained weight? And why? Because because health is a whole lifestyle. It's a rhythm. It's something you have to do every day in order to be healthy. You have to schedule in working out. You have to be conscientious of what you eat every meal, every day, and then you gain health. And in this, when we think about our spiritual life, have we prioritized and wrapped our life around being with Jesus every day as the one thing? Right? Martha was serving Jesus but missed him. She was around him, but she wasn't intentionally loving him. And I hope that our church isn't about being busy for God, but then missing him. We want to value this time of slowing down, hearing his word, and being with Jesus. We hope to give you tools as we put up uh, silent retreats. Hopefully every quarter, we did that last year with Rebecca, to um, sit with Jesus for half a day. Um, Dr. Ken and Chrissy lead our Alpha Retreat that, again, allows us to experience the Spirit, and they also offer inner healing prayer. This next year, some of the things that we want to walk toward 
in this category. Um, again, we're going to do an all-church retreat. And um, sorry, bad uh, formatting. But the all-church retreat, um, instead of having a keynote speaker, we're going to carve out hours of prayer and give you tools to sit in front of Jesus. We did this at the Young Adult College Retreat before going into the pandemic, and it was excellent. And we envision a community that learns to sit with the Lord and has an ear towards him throughout life, whether you're working or with family, whether you're going wrestling with something, that you can hear the voice of the Lord because you've cultivated a space where you've learned to sit with him and you have your ear towards him. All right, our last core value is that we want to be on mission with Jesus. So James chapter 1, verse 27 says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted from the world. So as a church, I hope that as we end our time together, whether you're here for a few years or you're here for a lifetime, that you'll look back and say, I was able to care for the least of these. That my family and I were able to reach our hands out and fulfill what true religion looks like. That one of the greatest evidences that the gospel is embedded in our life and our soul is that we love the least of these. That's how Jesus separates the sheep and the goats, right? Those who did religious acts. One of these to work, this one? Nope, this one? Okay, we're back. All right. Um, was a shell of just religious experiences versus someone who knew the Lord was that their life was reoriented, that they weren't about building their own kingdom and building a perfect life for themselves, but they looked around and saw the marginalized, and they said that I want to steward my gifts, my family, my time, and build out God's kingdom. So how do we experience this at Renew? We do a summer camp every year for, foster, for kids in the foster system. And I got to see a third of our church volunteer for this camp last year. 20 plus of us were, were uh, counselors for a whole week. Like we as an organization, Royal Family Kids, serve 50% of the foster kids in Orange County. And our camp was one of many. And, and these Kids are put into our camp, and we basically do a four-day VBS. We sing worship songs, which means something totally different when you're singing next to a kid without a family. We play games. We do Bible studies. And then we get to mentor them throughout the year. It's such a hands-on way to fulfill the words of Paul, right? Caring for orphans and widows in their distress. OC United is a very close partner to us. I sat on the board for a while, and they have arms and homelessness. You could uh, mentor someone who is without a home. They have an arm in domestic violence. You could care for families uh, who have been separated because of domestic violence. They have an arm in at-risk youth and people who have aged out of the foster system. And also, we have these amazing college ministry partnerships. But what I'm also excited about over this next year is to create a culture of invitation. You know, I think about Vicky. Um, a lot of us, we have a person or two in mind that we want to invite to church. They're close friends. They're people we really like. And we just like, man, we would love for them to hear about Jesus or experience our community. 
Vicky just kind of invites anybody. Like, <laughs> if you know her, every week she's kind of bringing someone new to church. It's like anyone who will come, she'll ask them to come to Renew, and they do. And one of the people that have come to our church um, and joined our Bible app but doesn't, doesn't know Jesus, through our Bible app, through reading our comments and reading the word of the Lord every day, he gave his life to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? And I, I wonder what if we ask, not who we want to be Christian, but who will just come to an, uh, a hangout at Grace's house? Who will come to basketball with us? Who will join us for lunch? Who will come to small group? Because we all need to have a Vicky culture of invitation, right? Just invite anyone. And she does. And many of them have found Jesus uh, through that invitation. We want to uh, move into a faith and works integration, having a robust theology for our work, renewing the earth with, with the Lord. I'm envisioning what it looks like to serve the least of these as families. Many of us are families, and I'm looking for opportunities that as a family unit, we could go out and serve different parts of the city while discipling our kids and saying that our whole family life isn't oriented around their world, but that we're all living for something bigger. We're all about someone else. How do we do that as family units? And lastly, we're envisioning international missions. We've done kind of starts and stops in this. COVID was, again, it just kind of wiped the board for us. But we've been praying for Katie and Patrick for a long time. Katie was one of my first staff members, helped us build this church. They joined OMF. And recently, they've been called to Thailand on a vision trip, which is amazing because as Kristen Whitmore was talking to our denominational leader about what the next steps are for our church in terms of missions, she said, I think you're ready for a vision trip. And then Katie and Patrick, two weeks later, says, we want to go on a vision trip to Thailand. And so as a church, we've decided to just fund the whole trip because of your gener generous giving throughout this year. But um, I hope that we could go with them in prayer and that we could support them as a church family. If, they, if they're called to Thailand, that we would go with them, whether it's financially or in prayer or um, being there with them. So they sent a video to us. We'll play this video, and then I'll wrap up our sermon, and we'll go back into our small group. Hi, Renew. We had so hoped and we're so excited to be with you in person today, but we unfortunately got stuck here in Colorado. And so today, I'm coming with your update by video. A couple weeks ago, you saw I saw a video of my husband Patrick up here sharing about an opportunity that you guys had over at Mew to partner with us here in Colorado while our family takes a vision trip to Thailand next month. If you have yet to meet me, I have coordinated the missions discipleship process for our short-term workers here at OMF for the last five years. Patrick and I have always prayed that working stateside with OMF would be our first step to going to the field long-term and we are so excited that after nine years of prayer, God has finally given us an opportunity just to go and see if this might be what he has for our family. Some of you guys remember, um, three years ago, I stood up at the Meridian to give an update and I shared this slide. Think creatively. The thought I wanted to leave with you guys that day was to think creatively and a little differently about short-term missions. 
When we think about short-term missions, we often think about VBS, English camps, medical missions, children's programs, but what would it look like if we thought creatively about short-term missions? What does it look like to send teams that draw people into and bolster the vision, the long-term vision that missionaries on the ground have? How could our short-term trips serve to further the long-term work in a sustainable and full way? One of the examples I gave that day was to be a homeschool helper for family, missionary families specifically serving in rural areas. Statistically, rural areas are some of the areas that are least reached with the gospel for a lot of reasons. One of them simply being, it's really hard to live there. When a missionary family moves into a rural countryside uh, to learn a country's language and possibly another minority language, there often isn't a lot of viable schooling options for their children. So on top of culture learning, language learning, relationship building, Bible studies, discipleship, the whole process of planting a church, they often have to homeschool their kids as well. So one of the greatest needs that missionaries request from our short-term workers is to have people come as homeschool helpers to help with their children. Historically, missionary kids have not been given the attention that kids deserve. In the 18 and 1900s, missionary kids just died on the field. And it was pretty much the expectation back there that if you went to the field, you would bury some kids on the field. Then for a really long time, boarding schools were the only options, or was the only option for missionary families. It meant that kids could get a good education, uh, but it also meant that kids as young as five or six years old were being sent away from their families. Thankfully, over the years, there's been a general movement to shine light on the fact that our missionary kids are valuable and precious lives to be guarded and stewarded, not to be sacrificed for the sake of missions. Now there are slightly more options for missionary kids and their families, such as international schools and one other uh, model that OMF developed that I'll talk about in a second. But that is essentially what Patrick and I are doing on this mission trip. Patrick is going to visit a couple international schools that serve a lot of missionary kids and pray through what it would be like for him to be a teacher there. The second model we're going to explore is called the MSG. It stands for Modular Study Group. Um, in this model, kids uh, come from families who are serving in areas where education options are severely limited. So they'll travel whatever distance for one week out of the month receive their schooling, and then they get to be home with their families three weeks out of the month and continue their education there. To be honest, when Patrick and I were a young couple dreaming about going to the field, serving at this baby church plant we called Renew, we never really considered member care in the form of missionary kid care. We were young, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed people really dreaming about a more romanticized, a more glorified version of missions where we would get to be a part of starting a church from the ground up in a place where there was no church. And in a way we still are because by serving these missionary kids, we allow their families to stay in an area where there is no gospel witness yet and there is no church yet. And maybe one day we'll still get to directly be involved, but for now this is what God has been leading us towards. Um, in this kind of work though, we're not gonna come back with these crazy stories from the jungle. We're not gonna come back with stories of riding from village to village, only accessible by motorbike or some sort of animal. And yet this is what I believe it means to be the body of Christ. Seeing where the body of Christ needs to be bestowed with honor 
and seeing ourselves as a living sacrifice to say yes to Jesus. We don't send parts of our body to the front lines and then make no effort to care for them. To see our missionary families and their kids as precious parts of the body that are asking for this kind of care and to be the church to show, for, to show up for them in the way they need. We don't yet know where this vision trip is going to take us, but please pray with us as we go to have willing hearts and ears to the Holy Spirit as he leads. Um, I'm going to leave a list of specific ways you can pray and partner with us on this vision trip or partner with us in our ministry here in Colorado. Um, I'll leave those with Wilson. And so if you're interested in them, please ask for them. Thank you guys for being such an incredible supporting church all these years. We love you guys so much. We miss you and we can't wait to be with you guys in person again. And so hopefully we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. I'm clapping for videos. Um, and uh, she's pregnant right now. So it's it's a health risk, of course. I mean, not big because she got cleared by her doctor. But, you know, for anyone who's gone through uh, pregnancy, it's kind of scary to travel to Thailand. So we're going to pray for her. We want to support her. And um, if you want to come alongside them financially, they're raising about $2,000 a month over the next two years. They've been living off of um, like minimum wage basically with OMF. And OMF finally adjusted their scale for um, cost of living, which makes, makes sense to me. So um, we have her on our website in the ministry partnership side with her link. We'd love for you to consider joining her in her uh, missionary journey. All right, the last part of our time together is the continual, continuous legacy part of the crown. In the next slide, and as I think about the next five to ten years, Renew will become a church planting movement that builds churches for the next generation, reaching L.A., O.C., and the world. And so one of my, um, you know, experiences, maybe my primary experience, is planting this church as as a pastor, and it's a specific set of tools that I'm really excited to help other church planters with. And as I've been praying to plant other churches, God aligned a few things over the last year that have started to build a runway for us. So we got a grant from Made to Flourish, and it's going to launch us into a residency program, starting with Irwin and Kevin. We'll be able to bring them on full-time for the next two to three years. And after that, we'll bring bringing one resident on a year for 10 years. That's our commitment to them. And they're funding a big portion of the first five. And so I'm hoping that after we bring on Kevin and Irwin, we'll bring on people who have a heart to church plant, that we could do a residency with them and send them off. Kevin is already dreaming about a church plant, maybe in South OC or Hawaii. I'm sure you guys want to do a mission trip to Hawaii with him. And, um, and so there's some budding of this. Uh, the denomination has sent me to a conference a couple months ago to be a church planting coach. So I was there for three days learning tools and um, developing skills to help coach planters. So that's the first part of our vision. If God willing, he'll give us the right leaders who have a passion to plant in our community, take on our DNA, and plant locally and abroad. The second part of our uh, kind of five to ten year vision is that we want to build a church for the next generation. I've gone to a lot of churches. Sometimes I feel like they're trapped in a certain decade. I don't know if you ever visited a church where like, oh, I went back in time. It's the 90s, you know? They have bulletins with Roman numeral font. They're singing songs from the 90s. And you're just like, 
you know, it's really fun to, to time travel. Um, I don't want to be that church. I also don't want to be a church where, where the service lacks conviction. And it's, it's this mesh of like five generations that you're trying to make happy in one service, right? From 20s to 70s, you're just trying to make everyone happy, give them what they're looking for. I'm hoping that we would continue to build a church for the next generation. I, I put on a thread in our college group, hey, what, are the, what is it that um, your generation is looking for in a church that's different than previous generations? Like what are the values of college students when they're looking for a church uh, to go to? No one replied. So, so thank you. Um, but we're continuing to have those conversations, right? We're continuing to ask that question. And I hope that Renew would be a place where we uh, move towards that as a church. That those who are older, who are, um, you know, a boomer or, or Gen X, that we continue to release what it means to do church to the next generation while holding on to our theology and our vision. I, at staff meeting, I was talking to Pastor Chrissy. I said, I don't think this is like, you know, the right words for it. But I said, I want to immortalize you and Dr. Ken. Because they were one of the first couples who came to our church. And they, they were about the next generation. They came here not because we sang the songs that they were used to or we were doing church the way that they were used to it being done. But because they looked at the next generation and said, they're thriving here. They're loving Jesus here. They're worshiping here. They're building families here. They're being missional here. And that's what I want to give, uh, I want to leave behind. So as we become 50, 60, 70 years old, or if we're in that life stage, I hope that we become mothers and fathers of the faith that, that are about empowering and, and handing the baton to the next generation, giving up our preferences, sacrificing so they, they can own the church while holding on to the theology um, of Renew as well as the values. All right, um, we're going to move into a time of communion, and then we'll go into our breakout groups. I've, I tell people who visit Renew or who are new to our church and starting to plug in, I say, man, you came at a great time. You should have seen us six months ago sweating it out at a gym during a heat wave, right? You should have seen us two years ago trying to do church over Zoom or, or four years ago where we were like bleeding money. Um, you came at a great time where the church is unified, it's healthy, and we want to minister to you, uh, your family, if you're a part of one. Um, and I, I'm excited. Every person that comes in, I feel like, is a gift from the Lord. You have something to offer this church and to participate in her. You have something to build out here if God's called you here. Father, we're grateful for um, this, this bread that represents your body that you died for us to make us family. You came down from heaven on mission to win us back to you, to forgive us of our sins, and to bring us to your kingdom. Let's take this bread that represents the body of Christ, broken for us. Let's take the grape juice that represents his blood being shed for us. God, we think about uh, this church, one of many in this city. We thank you that you built it, that you lead it, that you died for it, and that you love it. 
And every year we see your faithfulness, your hand gently guiding us forward, the gifts that you've given us one person at a time that have become family here. And Lord, we pray that everyone who comes in would feel your warmth, would fall in love with you, and would be surrounded by others that want to build your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Since I have you here, I wanted to give you a few more resources and talk about how you can invest in our ministry. If you look at the description section of this podcast, we have a website for the church and would love to have you come visit us when you're in town. We're in Brea, California. We also have tax-deductible giving at Renew, and we would love for you to invest in our church and our seminarians as we have people coming in to become future missionaries and pastors at Renew. We want to train up the next generation of pastors to reach their generation for the Lord. There's also a few more resources. At the very bottom, I do a podcast with Roy Kim, who's an MFT. It's called The Same Boat, where we talk about issues from English ministries at immigrant Chinese churches to relationships and being single. I hope that you would enjoy this podcast with us as a way to talk off the pulpit and into our daily lives. And lastly, Nina and I wrote a children's book series called To Be, helping kids integrate their faith with their occupation. And on that website, there's also the adulting journal. If you're in your 20s or 30s and you're going through transition in career, relationship, or just rethinking your spirituality, this is a great space for you to examine inward and find what God has written on your hearts and in your values. I hope that those resources uh, would connect with your heart and that you would connect with us. God bless.